0: I don't really understand this, but when I walked in the office a little while ago, Leslie was coming toward me with this screwdriver. I don't know what it means, uh, you know, tighten the old guy up, uh, the loose parts, kind of put them together so that maybe he'll be able to make it through the sermon. I'm not sure. I'll let you interpret that. Now I just want to say. To Brother Lewis, thank you for trusting me to stand in your pulpit. I know I, I pastored a while myself, and I was always very jealous of who stood in the pulpit where God had given me charge. And so thank you kindly here. I, I'm, I'm grateful to, the, to this church for what it's meant to me and to my family Uh, Just before Lewis came, a lot of you may not remember that far back, but I served as interim pastor, Rebecca, and I served here for about eight months, I believe. You still have three of those committee members who called us. Uh, Sam Richardson, (laughs) I'll get it, all right. You'll be sure. Lynn Bailey and uh, Kendra Trahan. Uh, Two more are not here in the church today, but they are still here serving the Lord. And, And that's what I'd like to say also. It is so wonderful to look out into the congregation and see people whose faces I preach to every Sunday morning, and you're still going. You're still going for the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, join me in still going. I'm still going. I'm not going exactly like I used to go, but I'm still going for His glory. For instance, some of you might remember this. Have you heard the good news? Christ died for our sins, He was buried, He rose the third day. If we repent of our sins, put our faith and trust in Him, He'll give us home in heaven when we die, but He'll give us peace and purpose while we're living. Now, what's—hey, good lady, thank you, bless you, really good. That's one thing I needed, plus the screwdriver. (laughs) I'm, I'm glad that, that, that all my family say one is with us this morning, uh, Rebecca, my wife, and dear friends, uh, she has fulfilled her vows already. She could quit now, and she'd already have fulfilled her vows during my time of sickness and illness, and I, I bless God for her, and you. Thank- Thank God for the companionship and the labor that we've been able to do together in the kingdom of God. I have my oldest daughter, Kim Costanza. Now, Kim is playing the piano over across the river at Shaw, Sharon Baptist Church. We're glad she's here and John's not here, but <clears throat> Laura and Tyler and uh, there's a little boy named William. Now, we can't have all of William. We have to share him with Mike and Christina Lohr, too. That's their grandson. And we're glad to have Rachel. as Rachel made it? Yeah, there yes, she is. Rachel and her friend Tristan. And then have Pam and her friend Mike and his daughter Sierra and Mr. Grayson our grandson also. I'm grateful that they're here to hear me preach the Word of God. Now, I was assigned to the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 55. If you'll open the Word of God to Psalm 55. It is not an easy psalm it was easy for david i guess he was in the midst of it all and he experienced it all but it is not necessarily an easy psalm this psalm according to the heading says it was written by david now there is some question about whether David wrote it or not, but I'll just accept what it says here, and we'll accept that David is the author of this psalm. As soon as you get into it and start reading it, you, you realize that he is under great duress. He's under pressure, but, but it's a, a different kind of pressure. The, the commentators call this a, a psalm of lament or complaint. A, a, a psalm that though David is praying to God in relation to whoever this is who is enemy, yet there is, there is a tinge of lament in his heart. Now, they know the original language. I don't know it as well. And 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 so as I read this, and as I read the psalm, and read it over and over, I was attempting to gain an understanding of where David was and what was going on in his life at the time of this psalm, I, I noticed a couple of things right here in this psalm. If you've got your Bible open, look look at verse twelve. He says, "For it was not an enemy who reproached me." Then I could bear it, nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him, but it was you. David, David, right here, it is as if David in his mind sees this person. He sees it right in, right in his mind. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Now there's someone there then apparently that is that has become a an enemy, a foe, uh, a, a one who is determined to stamp David out and destroy his kingdom, remove him from his kingdom, who is so close to him. And and we wonder who. But look, there's another one here. If you look down in verse 20 and 21, and he says, he has put forth his hands. He, he's talking about somebody. Somebody he has put forth his hands against those who were at peace with him. David said, I was at peace with this man. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords." Now here is a a man who's very close to David but he is a very deceptive man his his, his words are like all he, he's a, he's a man who may speak to you with a smile and may and may, may seem to encourage you but all the time he's thinking only of how can i get advantage of him how can i get in position that i can destroy and defeat him well i started the process then of praying and asking god to show me and i and and as i did i went back to an old passage of scripture back in 2nd samuel go back with me to 2nd samuel chapter 15 2nd samuel chapter 15 now who are these men who are these two men Who who is causing David such anguish of heart and, and has put within his prayer that lament, that brokenness, that, that sense of grief along with the, with the prayer of complaint to the Lord God? Now, who are they? Look back at chapter 14, the last verse. You remember David and Absalom had had a little problem. That's father and son. And in verse 33 it says, So Joab went to the king and told him, and when he had come, he called Absalom, and he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom And we would accept the fact that they were reconciled. But I would say to you that the one with the oily tongue that's like knives and and instruments of war was none other than Absalom, David's son. Do you know how dear Absalom was to David? Do you know how how much he cared about Absalom? When Absalom was killed, do you remember that haunting cry, Oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son Absalom, I would, God, that it were me instead of you. And yet... Absalom broke his covenant back over in 55, broke his covenant with his daddy, and set out to destroy him. So David is praying this prayer of lament and complaint in Psalm 55 under the heavy heavy burden of knowing that it is his son that is attempting to destroy him, run him out of Jerusalem, take his life, take his kingdom, set up his own kingdom. Look a little further into, into 15, it says this, verse 6. In this manner, and you'll have to you read back before. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment. This is it. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So there we are. One of these men that, that David has allowed us To understand is his very own son Absalom who he declares from his own mouth that he would that he had died for him now who's the other one there was a man turn on over in chapter 15 and look at verse 12 and then Absalom sent for ahithophel the gileonite david's counselor and the conspiracy grew stronger for the people with absalom continued in cre- continually increased in number ahithophel he was david's counselor he, he, was, he, was a, he was a mighty man. He, he was a man who, who could give great counsel. Let me see if I can find that verse of Scripture. But it says, here's what it says. Uh, no, that's not the one. But uh, it's, it, well, you have to take my word till we get there. Ahithophel was a mighty counselor in David's kingdom. David trusted him they went to the worship at the temple with the great throngs of people who went to the festivals of israel and and the scripture declares if i could put my finger upon it that ahithophel to receive counsel from ahithophel was as if you were receiving counsel from God Himself. So we have the setting now. Here Absalom and Ahithophel have set their sights on the Kingdom of Israel. Why David had been so lackadaisical during this period of time, we are not told. But we know he had put himself, because of other reasons, in position that they could mount a very strong offensive against David, and they did. They mounted such an offensive that David and his crew fled from Israel, from the capital city, Judah. They left that city. Now, here is David's wisdom. David set up a spy system before he left with the, with the Jewish rabbis and leaders and with Hushai. And Hushai was one of his counselors. And so when Absalom came into the city of Jerusalem as so-called king at that point, Lord at that point, in in, in power at that point, he asked Ahithophel, now what should we do? And Ahithophel said, you remember those ten concubines that he put in charge of his house? Go, put a ten up on the top of David's house, Take those concubines and go in to them and violate them. You remember what God said to David? The sword will never pass from your house, and that which you have done in secret with Bathsheba, I'll do before the whole nation. And he did it and put it out on the housetop to see. And then they asked Ahithophel, now what should we do? Ahithophel, look, he said, go right now. Get all the army together. Go right now, immediately, and catch David before he hides and kill him. And then Absalom, why God? He said, well, let's, let's call Hushai. Hushai, what do you say? Hushai said, well, look, you know your daddy. He's a mighty warrior. He's got, he's, got, he's got sense about war, and he's already made preparation for you to come after him. And I wouldn't go now. I'd wait and call the whole army together. And when I got the army together, then after I got them together, I'd go get him. Now, the Bible says... This was God defeating the counsel of Ahithophel. And Ahithophel got on his donkey, went to his house, put his house in order, hung himself, and died. Now, you can, you can find that in the 55th Psalm and other places related to Ahithophel. So here we are. David is still engaged with Absalom, because Absalom follows Hushai, and he gathers all the people together, all the armies together against David, and you know the story how they went out, and they they set battle royal, and a a guy came by and said to Joab, Joab, you know what? Absalom is hanging by his hair down yonder in the oak tree. He, he was riding his donkey, went up under the oak tree, got hair got caught in the oak tree, and, and he was hanging there. And Absalom said, man, I'd have give you 150 bucks if you'd have killed him. I don't know if it was exactly that amount or not, but anyway. <clears throat> and so Absalom grabbed him three spears and went down there and killed Joab grabbed him three spears and went down and killed Absalom. Now, somewhere, I conclude in this time of David dealing with Ahithophel and Absalom, his son Ahithophel, his, his wonderful counselor, his precious friend, sometime, he wrote or prayed the 55th psalm now listen to me carefully have you ever been hurt i I doubt seriously i've been hurt and i could i could tell tell you louis you you could too but uh, other, you other pastors, I love you. I meant to say this to start with. I love your staff, and I pray for your staff regularly that, that God will use a mighty in this church. Now, but, but uh, have you ever been hurt? You probably, you, you probably have, have not been hurt like David had been hurt in this situation. Look here, here! Here was a, a Hiphophel. He 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 got up every morning. He went into his office. Why he went into the president's office and and everything the president did, he counseled. He 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 thought about it. He went and got. He did he did uh, researched it. What about his son? And look, there is no doubt when you read. The attractiveness of Absalom and all about him, he would have been king next in line, save he got evil in his heart. So I'm saying this that I dare say none of us have experienced disappointment, hurt, harm as deep as david felt it there could well be some of you sitting here this morning and and you you grieve a hurt or a harm or something from from a family or friend or the church or wherever it might be you you have that grief and that anguish now david and i'm going to just i'm just going to go quickly now in in the psalm and draw about three lessons out of it the first lesson is one that you know what what should you do but sometimes you know we forget this pray and you can complain see spurgeon said you can complain to god but don't complain about god you know he's the sovereign of the universe he's got everything under control so you can complain to him you can go into the secret place of prayer and and you can tell him how deeply you've been hurt and and you can call those people's names who have hurt you, and and you can and you can pray, dear God in heaven, would you bathe my heart in your love and your mercy and your grace, and would you bathe those people who have hurt me? Would you pray for them? That's what Dave is doing, huh? He's praying praying for them. That that's a good start, right there. We forget it, don't we? We grumble and growl and whatever else we forget it. Pray for them, hold them up constantly, continually before the throne of God. And as you pray for them, you can tell him your complaints, and we can tell him we he, he we can sense that that tinge of of hurt because. Of who they were, and how close they were, and what they have done to us. So pray. Develop you a prayer ministry if you if you're here and and you don't have a prayer ministry and and somebody's done something or said something to you. Develop you a prayer ministry. I remember when I started to develop my own. I was here in 1976 out at foster road baptist church and i said lord i'm fixing to start praying every morning five o'clock all right so i got everything in order set the alarm got up went out went to the prayer place got on my knees and i prayed prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and looked at my watch and it would it was 10 minutes i'd already prayed about everything from the White House to the doghouse. Ten minutes. I didn't know. I was ignorant, you see. So I said, I'm going to do it. And by the grace of God and the help of some other people, and how to set up a prayer ministry, personal prayer ministry, by the grace of God, I got one. I got one. And God is a sinner. And so, if they've hurt you, God, go to God, go to the Lord, go to the Savior, who who has been betrayed. In In fact, the old commentators use this as a prophecy, 55th Psalm, a prophecy concerning Jesus and Judas. Who's been hurt more than Judas, Jesus, by Judas. Now, number two look look at look at verse 22 cast your burden on the lord and he shall sustain you he shall never permit the righteous to be moved what a promise this is what david said he did he prayed he cast his burden on the lord because he had a trust that God would sustain him. My dear friend, 84 years and counting, God has sustained me. And Rebecca almost, I'm not telling her, I'm not telling her how old she is, but she's not quite 84 yet. But God has sustained us in our life. And I and I stand here with acute leukemia, not knowing which way it's gonna go. And I have found, <laughs> I have found the same God faithful that I can cast my burden on the Lord. Leave him there. I'm saying to you, dear friend, as to myself, that we need to pray and pray and pray. We need to cast that burden on the Lord and let Him bear the burden of whatever we have come to experience. Let Him bear it. And then if you've read Psalm 55, You know the last statement. But I will trust in you. That's the last statement of the psalm. Pray, cast the burden on the Lord, and trust Him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Not long after my mother died, not long before my mother died, she told me this story. When, When she was 42, she had four kids and a husband, my daddy, her husband, worked in the shipyards in Pascagoula, Mississippi, <clears throat> and on a Wednesday there was an explosion, and he was burned to death. left my mother with four bo- three boys and a little baby girl. I think we were 16, 14, 7, and 3. And she told me, she said, I couldn't find even a quiet place to pray with you rambunctious kids. But she said I could go in the bathroom and put down the lid and get down on my knees. And she said there, on my knees, this verse of Scripture came into my mind and heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will grant grace. He will make things sufficient. He he can be trusted. He will bear our burdens. We can lament to him we can complain to him we can go to him and find the sufficiency of our need and my mother said son God has fulfilled that for me now, I took it up. It's mine too. And I'm holding on to it. Trusting God. Now, now right where you are the important thing is are you saved? If, if you were to die today where would you spend eternity? I know Brother Lewis, I've been sitting back here in the back row. <laughs> the doctor told me to get in and get out because of my white count and that's what Rebecca and I have been doing and, but I know that you hear the gospel here but perchance the word has come clear to your mind and heart this morning that you need to be saved if so they'll be here number two maybe the gospel maybe this psalm maybe this situation and setting has come clear to your mind. There's no need of me bearing this burden of this hurt or this harm. There's no need, no need whatsoever. I've got a Savior who delighteth, who delighteth to bear my burdens. Are you here in you know you're not trusting Him. I'm talking about trusting Jesus every day. Trusting Jesus all along the way. You know you're not trusting Him in all the areas of your life. There'll be opportunity for you to respond. Thank you for your kind uh, attendance, for, for your looking at me and making the old man think that you're taking it in thank you lewis again and the church and let's pray together eternal god our strength our refuge our ever-present help in time of need Thou who hast promised that you could do all things, that you would provide all things, you have said to us, Lord God, all things shall work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. Lord, I pray if there's one here this morning that needs to hear the voice, of Jesus, that the Spirit of the living God would drive that voice home, the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ through David. I pray, Father, dear God, this morning I ask you to grow this church, not just in number, but in spiritual power. May, may there come the day when a sinner-man walks in the back door, will be suddenly sensed a conviction of the Spirit of the living God. Guide Lewis and his staff and the deacons and the leadership. We make this prayer in the precious name of Jesus, the name that's above every name. Amen.